You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Spartacus After Show. Woo! Woo! Ow! Oh, no Spartacus music tonight? Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> I, it's kind of low. There you go. got to build up, you know. Int- it'll get intense in a second. That's right. And, oh, yeah, Bing is for doing. And here we are doing another amazing after show for our favorite show, Spartacus. Ow! I'm so happy to be back. Hell, yeah. Back for another week of blood, guts, and glory. <laughs> I am your host, Shano. And I'm joined by my very spicy and sexy co-host, Spicy Muddy, keeping it sizzling like always, nice and hot. And your hair is looking very saucy this evening. Isn't it looking extra just Spartacus <laughs> slave girlish? It does, <laughs> yes. I'm having it wild for this episode. <laughs> we're, we're on season three, episode six, Spoils of War. And I think we were talking earlier this, like maybe that last episode, that we were saying like, oh, we still got several more episodes. We've got eight episodes left because I thought we were on 13. I thought we were going to do 13 episodes uh-huh. or 12. No, I guess not, because one of our fans tweeted at us, um, and she said that, I forgot her name at the moment, but when I, see, <laughs> when I look at my notes, I'll see, I think it's like, OS underscore Midnight Love, I think that's her name. That's a great guess if that's what it was, <laughs> so random. Yeah, so she, she said we only have five more episodes as of last episode, so that we only got a few more and left. And you know we trust everything our Spartacus fans say, we, we <laughs> so, so more than likely she's right. <laughs> it's a conversation, you guys, and that's what's cool about it. You join the conversation, you stick with us, we say welcome, we give you shout outs every time, and I enjoy doing that, and I like, we're fans just like you guys are. Yeah, what do we say that we were going to address? We're not perfect. No, we're not <laughs> We're just perfect. huge Spartacus groupies, okay? So no judging. It's all love. And at any point in time, if you guys want to join in the conversation, you can always call 424-256-1729. Correct us. Smack us in the face. Yeah. You know, tell us what you love. Tell us what you hate. And unfortunately, I don't see the tweets live. Unless, well, you could try tweeting at me. Let's, our, we usually have bad signal in this and I can't my Wi-Fi doesn't work very well on my iPad but let's talk about our topics really quickly before we get into it let's do it so the Romans retake the city and that's the first one then we're going to be talking about Heraclio lives and then (laughs) he dies the resurrection (laughs) (laughs) he lives and then he dies (laughs) a lot of people resurrecting like phoenixes oh yeah well even uh, Donner we thought that he was gone but we'll talk about that too yes we will Uh, Gannicus and Sybil and they, they get a little bit closer. They were almost goners. Okay. Almost goners. <laughs> but not. Not like Donner. Donners right. are goners. He's a feral goner. <laughs> and lastly, we'll talk about the ant executions. And they had a fancy Latin name for it. I wrote it down. We'll, we'll see if I can get to that later. It's something like Fekenius. Uh, it's two words. You know Sean is our Spartacus vocabulary whiz. <laughs> so uh, I talk about sex. He talks about all the historical, uh, actual factual stuff that goes on. <laughs> and so, speaking of sex, let's talk about the sex. Yes, Um, we said we were going to start making a point to not just discuss sex, but actually making a Spartacus spicy scene, right, Sean? Spartacus spicy sex scene. Sex, sexy, saucy Spartacus sex scenes. Okay, I can't even say that, (laughs) but uh, the one that takes the cake for this episode, because usually we see a lot of just like butt naked, passionate sex, but the one that takes the cake for this episode that was absolutely phenomenal was Caesar. 
Can we just say yummy? He had two women with him, not one, but two. So once again, we see a threesome on this episode. Spoils of war. Uh, he was getting a, he was get, he was presented an award for his valorous battle against the rebels. And you know, we're thinking there's going to be a frankincense and myrrh waiting for him and alcohol. No, it is two beautiful women with perfect bosoms, just butt naked, ready to just pleasure him and all his desires. And for us ladies at home or gentlemen that you know, are obsessed with Caesar like I am, you got to see a younger version of Brad Pitt. I mean, he looks so good. He was chiseled. His face is cleanly shaven now that he's not uh, playing a, uh, you know, gladiator or rebel imposter. And we got to actually see Caesar's face this episode. And I just want to give two thumbs up to the writers for putting this uh, phenomenal sex slash naked scene in the episode of Spartacus. We also had another interesting, not sex scene, but a nice little nudity scene. Very gratuitous, but I enjoyed it. Laita. Laita. So, so Sean, of course, uh, was raving about Laita's body, which also is kind of competing with the Caesar scene. Laita was uh, been covered all uh, all these episodes. We've she's been covered. She has a little bit of a round face. We were saying, and we had no idea that her body was as phenomenal as it is. It was really amazing. I mean, and impeccable. This woman has done probably a million crunches and push-ups <laughs> in order to achieve dude. this body, but it was hiding under all this clothing. And so, you know, the Dominus, who we thought was... Domina. You know, Domina. Female. Who, who, female, who we thought was just, you know, amazing... Uh, you know, face actually has a body to match. She, though she has, like, she has a very nice face. It's w- really well put together. It's cute. It's very. It's re- it's really pretty. And it, her name, the actress, is actually Anne Hutchinson by the Hutchins Hutchison, by the way. And I saw her last year on Cabin in the Woods. Uh, when that when that came out, those were like a little funny horror comedy, right? Right. She was so thin there, and uh, I was expecting to see like the same kind of thinness, you know, w- it, at least within her face, in this season of Spartacus. Because I heard, you know, we've been like, oh, we've been talking about her being on the show and whatever, and then she's here, and and the la- the first several episodes that we see her in, you know, in this season, it's like, dude, she has a really round face this right. time. Like, did she put on lots of weight? And we see this episode finally, she's nude bathed by her slave. And who was she, nude as well. Who was nude as well. It was very nice. And it was, she, her body, like you said, it's just chiseled. It's like more chiseled than the than the Venus de Milo. Right. I it, mean, how do you even audition, wow. uh, the slave girls, how do you even audition, like, for this girl bathing <laughs> Laida in this episode must be naked and have a nice body. I mean, everybody on the show must have a phenomenal body. So kudos to them. Laida looked amazing. And now we know that, you know, the every, the carpet matches the head. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it? I didn't the even drapes. see. No, no, it was dark. It was dark brown but we know that she's probably not a natural blonde anyways speaking of the pubes i wanted to discuss how i think you know okay obviously everybody all the women are really bushy on this show okay and then when we see the men which we don't get to see the men very often anymore the men are usually completely shaven and they're very obviously they're well hung looking or could be cg we don't really know exactly (laughs) (laughs) great observation on sean's part (laughs) but i think that okay. Regarding that sex scene with the two women, Caesar right. and Tiberius, like, they were all a little bushy. Yeah, they were they were kind of bushy. I feel like that is fake. I feel like they get like fake pubic hair and they put it on the well, women to then, cover them more. Yeah, back then I don't think that it was normal protocol or practice to wax everything completely yes. nude. They didn't have the Playboy bunny bikini wax back then. Mm-hmm. So that's probably something historical that we don't even know about. Uh, we don't know when waxing began, but they probably mm-hmm. didn't have electrolysis and waxing <laughs> back in those days. Actually, they, well, of course the men the men get shaved. They, I, I don't know if they use, like for Roman purposes, I don't know if they use iron or like steel or some kind of razors to like to actually cut cut their facial hair. Or a sword. Historically, or a sword, whatever. I don't know what they used exactly, but uh, I'm pretty sure they started with clamshells way, way back in the day. Sharpened clamshells or sharpened rocks. Is that is that <laughs> a uh, your hypothesis? Or that's is a that, hypothesis. Okay. That's, not like, that's not researching what the Because you know we're going to get Romans a lot of use. fans uh, tuning in and saying, that's not right. Yeah. But uh, let's dive into but, the actual like uh, 
stuff that we witnessed on the show okay. uh, before, you know, people get a little hot and bothered and start doing stuff to themselves uh, <laughs> where, while waiting but, for us to jump into no, it. No, but let's, let me just finish by saying <laughs> that we did, talk, we talked about this before, and I think I saw Stephen DeKnight talking about this. They actually get, who was the writer for the show, mm-hmm. they actually plucked, the Romans wanted to pluck every hair on their body. They had their slaves do it all the time. What? Yeah, so they would have plucked their pubic hair out, Only too. Only you would know that. Leave it to Sean to really dig into the historical facts of this show. <laughs> to actually know how they removed hair back then. That's crazy. I have way too much hair, if you guys can't tell who are watching. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so the Romans take the city. Now, this was something that we we predicted would happen. We knew that there was a chance that at some point uh, there was going to be a fall from the rebels because the Romans have so much power. And Caesar has been plotting and planning this all along. And so he's able Caesar to... Caesar and Crassus. Yes. Well, we know that it was Crassus, you know, of course, to allow this or permit this to happen. But Caesar has been really on the down low just pretending to be uh, a rebel, and uh, now he's revealed himself, and the Romans have taken over the city. Yeah, and uh, we I think we were hypothesizing, and there were some of our fans that were saying, like, oh, Navia and Agron and Saxa, they're all going to get captured. And, of course, it would be, if they were going to get captured, it was going to be at that scene right, right in the beginning. Exactly. Because that's when the Romans just right entered the gate after... And like, ambushed. Yeah, and, and they went through the fiery gate that was being knocked down by the battering ram. And Caesar was there, but... Fortunately for us, everybody got out okay, <laughs> <laughs> except we had we had a few people that died that fell, and I think it was Donner was one of the main ones. Donner fell. Yeah, he, and he fell, and we thought he was dead. Right, exactly. But of course, leave it to the writers to trick us, and yes. yeah, he was not. He was uh, at the end, you know, taken and captured for their own amusement later on in celebration. That's right. But who we were, you know, extremely disappointed that didn't make it out when uh, all of the rebels were able to uh, and were led by Spartacus out was uh, Gannicus and Sybil. Yeah, and they were hiding yeah, in the stables, like you were mentioning, while, uh, while pretty much like everybody else who was gone, you know, thankfully they were all gone. There were a lot of people who were being executed, and we, we actually should talk about that later on. Well, you know what? That, Romans take the city. That's kind of vague. <laughs> <laughs> well, Romans did yeah, take over the city. They I did mean, take the city. Okay, so then let's mention the fact that yeah. um, while they were taking over, the uh-huh. fighting that occurred, this was okay. a huge fight scene, probably okay, one of the biggest fight scenes that we've seen thus far. It was an amazing yes. fight scene. And even uh, we see Nasser um, with his uh, pirate crush. Uh, who, who he was defending till the bitter end because he saved he actually did save his life in this scene and when Agron comes back to look for Nasser he finds him once again with this pirate man fighting alongside him yeah and you know I if I was Agron I would just be completely 100% frustrated and be slapping my man when we got home because I'm sorry I've already accused you before of having an affair with him don't let me catch you when the Romans are taking over with him once again and it's not even that he had a crush on him or whatever, and they're fighting alongside each other. It's that the pirates betrayed Spartacus. Right, exactly. Right? And that guy's a pirate. He didn't know what was going on, obviously. Heraclio must have kept him in the dark, or so he says. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he just happened to be there, like, fighting, fighting for his life as well, along with, uh, with the rebels against the Romans. Right. So he was captured and taken with the rebels. Uh, we, You know, they could have killed him, but Nasser, you know, was defending him. And so that, once again, just looks suspicious as far as their relationship yeah, is concerned. But, you know, well, it all will be revealed later. I don't think he was captured. I think they ended up getting out. So I think... No, he was captured was by he, the rebels. The rebels oh, by the chained rebels. him up. Yes. Yeah, they were like, oh, tie okay. him up. We don't trust him. Oh, okay. Especially, no, especially Crixus. Crixus was like, no, like he's, you know, he, he aided them. But he didn't, or so we think. He did not. And so, and if he did aid them, I feel like uh, Heraclio would have had him by his side had he, you know, but, he, but they didn't. He was separate from them with Nasser. Yeah. So uh, that was actually, it was an interesting fight scene in the beginning. It, was, it lasted several minutes, obviously. And then after that, we don't see much of the rebel leaders. Crixus, Navia, Agron, Spartacus, obviously. They go, they, once they exit the city, it's like they're gone, right. you know. But there was actually, now that I'm uh, mentioning it, it actually brings an interesting scene to mind where Crassus and Spartacus first meet eyes on the battlefield. Right, exactly. And that was such a cool, powerful scene. And, and we've been seeing teasers 
all freaking season for Crosses. Like his face was all like lit up by the fires. <laughs> the fires of battle light his face, and he looks at Spartacus and he says his name. Spartacus turns around and he 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 makes it so that the the gate falls perfectly when he's. Yeah, how did that even happen? It's, how did that gate fall exactly at the right moment? Only on television, folks. Hollywood magic. <laughs> <laughs> or should I say Kiwi, New Zealand, or Australian magic? Because that's where they were filming a lot of it, obviously. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it was, it was an intense scene because although they lock eyes, you know, Spartacus still gets out just in the nick of time. And then, you know, it later on cuts to Gannicus with uh, Sybil, which he discovered her a little bit earlier, and you can tell he was a little bit frustrated. But... That's the you know, and he, but he stayed back in order to in order to help the rebels. He stayed back, and what we see all the time is although Gannicus is this uh, kind of a rebel amongst the rebel, he doesn't really always uh, pay attention or follow. He's like the black sheep. Yeah, he's like the black sheep. He's doing his own thing. He's not doing it for just cause. He's not doing it you know for the betterment of everybody. He's just doing what he wants to do, which just happens to be the right thing, not necessarily yeah. under Spartacus's leadership. And he's not on one side or the other because we see that there's that uh, that gap forming between Crixus Navia and then the rest of the rebels that think like them, where they just want to they want to go a certain way, right? right? And then we have Spartacus, and then Gannicus is Gannicus and Agron are at his side, but Gannicus is kind of like uh, like he's on the side, he's kind of on their side, but he's kind of not at the same time. You right? Know? He's definitely not with Crixus. Well, he always reminds us, I'm not a leader. Like you don't ask me to do leadership things. That's not me. But yet. Taking the stands to stay within the city when everybody's departing, that is leadership. You are, you're risking your own life for the life of the people that you love. And I think that when it comes time, we always see Gannicus step up when he's supposed to. He always comes through at the last moment. And in this particular episode, we saw, once again, he's rescuing Sybil who was so fearful and hid, he winds up finding her. Now he has to protect her while the Romans are taking over the city. And as the Romans are searching every crevice looking for any of the rebels left behind, little bit by little bit, you know, he's uh, having to guard her. He's whispering to her. They're trying to devise a plan. He tells her to pray. Right. He tells her to pray. He tells her, take your own life if I don't come back from trying to fight the Romans that are up, you know, upstairs. And, of course, he winds up defeating them because he's an amazing fighter. Thankfully. We really did not think that he was going to die in that scene. Of course not. (laughs) And so she was prepared to take the knife to her own throat. If necessary, because whatever the Romans were going to do to her would be far worse. I did kind of feel like, not necessarily in that scene, but when they were exiting the city and they had gotten on horseback and whatnot, which was an interesting scene, when by the escaped. way. When they escaped. Because they were pretending to be, Gannicus was pretending to be Heraclio and he was wearing the hood and everything. Oh, let's talk about that, okay? Yeah. Because that was, I feel like, an amazing scene as well. That was really intense because I love Gannicus and he was pretending to be Heraclio. But Caesar, who just finished completely you know, murdering or not. Donner. Yeah, he, well, they fought to the bitter end, yeah. but Donner wound up taking his life. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Caesar comes out this macho guy. He thinks he just killed the gladiator, but now he's standing up against Gannicus and gets his ass whooped. Yes. Gannicus shows him who the boss is in that scene where he's fighting Caesar and gets out just in the nick of time with Sybil and Laida. And, but... Not without wounds, because... Not without wounds. (laughs) At Caesar, he got a wound of his own, thank goodness. You know, it was kind of a scratch, to be honest. Right. But at least he got sorted up a little bit. And then we, when they're exiting, when Gannicus and Sybil are exiting on horseback, they get their way blocked by tons of Romans. It looked like a dozen Roman soldiers. Thankfully, he's on horseback. He's able to crush their heads. And that his horse has gladiator experience fighting (laughs) as well, because his horse was pouncing (laughs) on the Romans as well. I don't know where the horse learned all... All kinds of uh, martial arts and, <laughs> and fighting, but he took them out too. Yeah, and uh, Leida ends up getting piked in the freaking side. With yeah, one that of was spears. pretty bad. She was wounded. Yeah, she was wounded, and it's. I thought it would have been worse than that, but at at least she got away and she was able to get back to the camp. So, anyway. well, speaking of Leida, I want to talk about the fact that she was sold. The Romans, who are supposed to stick side by side with one another, we see that uh, Marcus Crassus winds up selling her to Heraclio. And we can t- we can kind of talk about his resurrection at the same time, since yeah. we said we were going to mention that. He does not die like we think that he did. No. He still lives. Which was, I, I thought about that when we were watching last episode. And I was like, oh man, he got nailed in the head. But right. it didn't look like it was like totally fatal. But no, maybe it just like, maybe it did go in 
quite a bit and it hit his brain and that's why he died. But I guess he didn't die. Right. They were able to repair it and stitch it back up. Now he has this crazy scar and he plenty does. of stories to tell the other pirates about. <laughs> but we wind up seeing him and Marcus winds up, I guess, negotiating with him the life of Laida. She thinks that she's being prepared and that she's going to be a domina again eventually. And she's actually sold to him as a slave, which I thought just was completely just oh that was so mean because here goes this woman who was trying to help uh she was risking her life for her own people and now she's punished for it but she does what it takes in 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 times of war why is it and this is what i want to know and i don't know if you guys at home you know want to share your opinions with it if you agree with me disagree let me know but why is it that caesar is rewarded for aiding spartacus by killing the rebels or the gladiator, you know, the uh, Romans. He's he was perpetrating as if he was a rebel. He he gets to kill the the Romans while he's playing this role. But Laida is punished for the role that she's playing as a Roman trying to aid her people. Why is it that's? I just feel like that was one sided. Like you're going to sell her as a slave, but Caesar gets a freaking celebration for his role. I feel like from Crassus's perspective, it's the greater good to him. It's like a calculated move, and he's looking at it, and he's weighing what's better for him. And from his perspective, he had to make a deal with Heraclio. He already had Leita in his possession. So he was like, oh, like he probably, he probably didn't tell him everything, but he probably said a bargain. And he was like, okay, you get your soldiers, my soldiers rather, onto your ship, Heraclio. We do this little side sneak ambush attack. Mm-hmm. And then... Afterwards, I'll give you tons of money. <laughs> Midas is touch worth in money, which is tons of money, I right. guess. And he gives he gives Heraclio Leita. And that's what that's what probably sold him, because remember Spartacus. But I feel like he was punishing her for aiding Spartacus. I don't feel like it was just like, oh, I need a, a negotiating deal yes. to go to take place. Because he could have sold Heraclio anyone. I think he was trying to punish Laida for aiding Spartacus, but yet he didn't do the same for Caesar punishing... Well, that's because Caesar was part of his plan the whole time. Laeta was just there. She just happened to be there. And she was, in a way, helping Spartacus because she allowed him to, like, continue to, like, use the city in a way. She didn't take her own life. What was she supposed to do? Take Spartacus's life? Impossible. She was really close to him a lot. I feel like just Marcus was just being 100% unrealistic. Maybe chauvinistic. I don't know what I want to blame it on. I kind of am leading to that. The fact that Caesar gets a celebration for his aiding Spartacus and she doesn't. Laida is sold as a slave. I just think that that was completely unfair. She is a woman, too. And back then, the women were not treated very well. Well, and we see that when Heraclio takes her. Uh, I appreciate the fact that he said and admitted, I'm not going to allow the other pirates to have their way with you. I'm just going to have you as my own, which means I get to brand you like an animal. Like a slave. Right. And and, she, but she that's pretty fell. much what it is. Yeah, she fell from being a domina to a slave. And when he, after he brands her, we wind up seeing the amazing Ganicus. Interrupted. And, right. <laughs> it kind of interrupted. <laughs> and he comes with Sybil to rescue her, or at least to take correctly or down. And when he does this, uh, we got to see, I guess, her vengeance or her, you know, take... Heraclio down. She branded him from the inside out. Through his throat. Was that his throat? That was yeah, his that throat. was his throat. And I think that he completely 100% deserved that. Oh, of course he did. And I'm kind of happy to see the table turned on Laida as well. I know I was just defending her a minute ago as being sold as a slave, but I also do think she needed to be taught a lesson in humility. <laughs> so, <laughs> as awful as this sounds, I am happy that she now, as a, a previous owner of slaves, now gets to see what or feel what it's like to be rejected and to be sold as a slave. And these people who you thought were better than the rebels are really not, in fact. They're just as bad or not if even worse because they will sell you no matter how much you try to save your own people marcus winds up turning on her that's right and well that's how the romans are and that's how the pirates they, they are. cannot be trusted no one can be trusted except for spartacus and i i so okay we said we were going to mention this um as far as the scene is concerned while uh when gannicus was fighting uh heraclio i mentioned i said you know what this is a great season and a great episode as well but also a great season because as um someone who's partially african-american it was great to see other 
African Americans on the show finally and just a large number. We don't really get to see that, you know, as much in Roman times. Every now and then um, we'll see a trickle of them. But this, I feel like, uh, gave an opportunity for uh, there to be more on the episode because of the pirates. And you were explaining to me why. And I was like, well, from an educated guest perspective. Which Sean only gives those. I have, you know, I'm not, I have no knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so much of, much of the slaves are not black or african-american but we tend to see the pirates are and i would say just by like analyzing it from somewhat educated perspective once again it seems like okay because they're pirates they travel around the sea a lot the mediterranean they go back and forth you Mm -hmm. know across it from africa to italy sicily back who knows you know all around the sea so i'm sure because they're porting in africa a lot that's probably why they're picking up a lot of pirates who happen to be black and I thought that that was uh, a great opportunity to, uh, you know, celebrate and bring them on the show. Unfortunately, <laughs> that was the historical, you know, reason. But finally, that's just how I felt like, finally, we're getting to see more on the show. And so I just appreciated that. And thank you for your historical, educated reason why, you know, my, you know, I'm not as smart as Sean. I wish, though, I was. All I know is about, you know, spicy stuff and sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that. Well, I'm glad that I got to share that with you, but our fans also share their thoughts with us a lot. And don't forget, you guys, go on iTunes and be sure to rate and comment us. Give us five stars. We've been getting a lot of five-star reviews. We've been getting a lot of great reviews, too. We have a lot of fans that have been commenting, so just know that we definitely appreciate you guys. It keeps us motivated uh, to come back every Sunday. Some of you guys, uh, you know, knock us down hard, and others, you know, applaud us. But regardless, we want both opinions. We want to know the real and how you guys really feel, because we're not perfect. But at the same time, we enjoy the show just as much as you guys. We're fans just like you guys. We're just like super-duper fans because we're in a studio and we're talking <laughs> on a microphone about it. And we're dedicating. And we're, we're, we're talking about Spartacus throughout the week. You know, it's not just. And I'm sure that's what you guys do, too. And so it's not just, you know, here in the studio, we watch the show, we talk about it, that's it. You know, we end up, like, tweeting at the actors and stuff all the time. And we get responses from you fans. And we, like, retweet at you guys back. So we love to do it. Anyway, don't don't forget, it only takes a minute to rate and comment us on iTunes and tell a friend about Spartacus After Buzz TV podcast. We have a lot of shout-outs to do for our fans. And uh, MiltWeb25, once again, he rated us on... Um, he, he, he gave us a little review on iTunes once again, once again. And let's see what he said. He ended up saying, uh, Great show. I thoroughly enjoy listening to these... Oh, wait, that's not him. <laughs> Here he is. This episode was really good, but I felt like my emotions were all over the place. And he titled this, again, The Many Emotions of Spartacus. And he said, was it just me, or did you guys also get the sense that Gannicus was going to escape the city? Because I don't know if I would have finished the episode if he had died. Oh, that is a real loyal viewer if he was going to shut the TV off if Gannicus yeah. died. Yeah, seriously, right? I, He's going to stop watching Spartacus altogether. I felt like he, he may have died. There were some scenes where it's was like, dude, is he going to get out of here? Like the number one scene where I was I, like... I might have cried. I, I would have been, I would have thrown my hands up in dismay. I've loved Gannicus from day one. Please, please, please do not let me find out that he's going to die this season. You know, speaking of Gannicus, really, really fast before we do the rest of these, um, the, the, the comments from our fans, is that when I first saw him in season zero, I was like, wait, wait, is, why is Andy Whitfield not there? Like, I thought it was going to be, I was like, okay, I didn't know this was a prequel season, right. but w- just Gannicus, the way he is, like, I was like, oh, this guy's new. What's up with this? He's like the main character now. Mm-hmm. And after the first episode, I freaking fell in love with that Me guy. Me too. My cock and rage is on. Those are My some cock huge rage is shoes on. to follow. And the, the writers, I mean, I always applaud them for this, but who makes a show, then makes a prequel to the show starring somebody else and it's just as good as the first season. Never seen that before in my life. I mean, that is just phenomenal. And so since then, we've developed this close bond and relationship with Ganagus. We have. Do you have uh, some fan comments? I do. I want to to mention that... uh, the, so you mentioned the many emotions of Spartacus. I want to give a shout out to uh, Montrez, who says he loves the show and um, he can't wait for us to review the spoils of war. And by the looks of it, he th- thinks that Navia is going to die. 
He thinks that, yeah, her life is going to be taken, and he said he doesn't feel bad about it. <laughs> well, you know what? We have been uh, we have been ripping on Navia a lot because this season she's been so mean, and she has, and she although has you know many excuses as to why her spirit is just not the same as the previous Navia that we know that was sweet. She's a lot stronger now. In her defense, uh, she's had to fight for her life and for the life of the people that she loves as far as the rebels are concerned. And she has a cause and a reason to fight. But she also has been making just really bad decisions. And I think that she's been in the ear of uh, Crixus in a, in a negative way as well. That, Poisoning. Yeah, she, exactly. And it's just caused a lot of rift between him and Spartacus. And I think as a woman, you're supposed to... Be in your man's ear, but also provide like words of comfort, words of influence, words of confidence. And I just feel like she hasn't necessarily done that. She's created more problems than necessary. So if she dies, I'm going to be hurt because I do have a fondness for Navia, but I just haven't liked the way that her character has been this season. Not because of the acting or anything like that, but just because of what her role has had to portray. Brandtastic Voyage, 1984. Love the name, by Brandtastic. the way. Brandtastic. As, as opposed to fantastic. <laughs> Brandtastic commented on our iTunes page, and he said, Great show, five stars. I thoroughly enjoy listening to these fellow fans dissect. See, he said fellow fans. Dissect the latest episode each week and ponder about possible happenings. I feel like I am just kicking back with friends to chat after the show. Oh, man. And that's a really that's endearing awesome. comment. I appreciate that. I know Sean does. Uh we are real fans like you guys, and we always try to emphasize that because we don't want any judgment taking place. Uh, we have a lot of fans who get on Spicy Mati because I mispronounce or... <laughs> the names. Or, you know, have a couple slip-ups. But, hey, that makes... Uh, what did you call me? It makes me, like, more sweet or something like You're that, endearing. Sean. endearing. Yeah, Sean said I was more endearing because of it. But I think that there's, you know, that girlfriend who's watching the show with her diehard boyfriend or, you know, that guy at home who's watching it or tuning in for the first time who really relates more to me as, you know, maybe like the kooky, zesty one on the show. And the people who are more educated in it relate to Sean. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Thank goodness. We, There's we, a balance. We try to really balance it out, guys. Yin and yang, just like you said off air. <laughs> right, exactly. But we had, and speaking of those, like, people who are getting a little feisty on you, we had this one guy, Bionic Dave. He gave us three stars. Ah, why? <laughs> and I'm not going to read his whole paragraph that he wrote. Jeez, man. But... Uh, Thank you for your comment anyway. And uh, I'm going to read the end. He said, if you're going to host a podcast of the show, then you should really need to do whatever it takes, whether it's watching the episodes twice or familiarizing yourself with the names. Hey, we try our best here, man. <laughs> we're like, like I said earlier, we're fans just like you are, Bionic Dave. And we try our best. We can't, you know, we have busy schedules too. You know, we got like, we got all kinds of stuff that we're doing. So we can't watch the show like two times. I know we rewind it sometimes, but ultimately we're on a schedule here and we got to get, you know, we got to watch do our topics, get in the studio, you know, look at all of our notes. So we're on a time constraint and that's and you know, we're we're doing this to talk about the fan right. talk about all the comments that you guys have, talk about the show, talk about Spartacus because that's what we love here. But we also love your guys' feedback. When we interpret something wrong or we, you know, don't understand something, let us know. And we appreciate when you guys educate us on what's going on because you have to remember this is definitely a uh, a historical piece and this language is made up. So some Sometimes we're not understanding exactly what is, you know, being, uh, you know, said on the show. And oftentimes I have to pause it, ask Sean, what did he just say? I totally don't get that. That went over my head. Yeah. And every day it's a new vocabulary lesson for me. <laughs> on Twitter, uh, at OS, oh, I got her name right, at OS underscore midnight underscore love, she tweets at me, at Sean Austin Spartacus underscore stars just asked who would be who would be the first kill of the season? Is this foreshadowing? So I thought that Spartacus was going <clears> to... <throat> not Spartacus, sorry. Gannicus was going to end up dying this episode after I saw that tweet from her. Thankfully, he didn't. Well, if you guys follow Sean A... Wait, how do I say it? Sean Austin O. Yes. <laughs> Sean's changed his Twitter name a couple times. But if you guys are following him, you guys see he's tweeting at every single actor and, uh, you know, tagging me on the tweet because we really want to try to get them on the show. And we had an amazing response back from, drumroll please, that was Ditch Davey. Ditch Davey, yeah. So he tweeted at 
Uh, I tweeted at him earlier in the week, and he tweeted at us. And Ditchy Davy, by the way, plays Nemetes, who just got killed last episode by Caesar. He got his throat slit and bled all over the courtyard. And, uh, well, I'm not going to read both the tweets, but um, he tweeted, uh, I tweeted at him, and then he tweeted back at me saying he's going back to Australia now. And I tweeted back at him and included Afterbuzz in the tweet at Ditch Davy, at Afterbuzz TV. No worries, mate. And yes, I said mate. <laughs> Hopefully, next time you could come by the studio if you're in LA. So sad to see Nemetes go. And he replied to my tweet just uh, a couple hours ago at Sean Austin O at Afterbus TV. Would love to, mate. Thank you for your support of the show. Is that how he said it? That's how, <laughs> that's how you interpreted the tweet. <laughs> that's how I'm imagining he said it. And we had uh, a couple other tweets uh, from Crowboy82, one of our good fans. We followers. love Crowboy. We he lo- always gives us great feedback. We love this guy. And he thinks that Leita will either be tortured by Crossus or sent to camp as a spy. Her character needs a twist, not just a love interest. So that's going to be interesting if that happens. Hmm, sent back to Crossus. Sent back to Crossus? I don't know. Well, I don't know if I necessarily yeah. agree with that prediction, yeah. but... I do think that she's now, that she's back at the camp, is going to be a love interest, possibly, of Spartacus. Or at least give him some booty. I don't know. And he also mentioned that, um, he said, at Sean Osno, at Spicy underscore Mari, Swiss, German, is my native language. And I agree that it's hard to understand Saxa always, but it's a nice touch on the show, I guess. It is. So that is good, yeah. And uh, we had, at J. Dustine said... Did you notice that the guy sparring against Crixus in the beginning, this was of the next episode, I take it, was Tyrone Bell, the head personal trainer of the show? Oh. That's a pretty cool fact. Thank you. See, we love that See? kind of stuff. Thank- Give us more of that. Yes, thank you, JD. We really Dustin. appreciate that. Dust Dune. Um, let's wrap up. Let's talk about the executions real quick because we yeah. didn't necessarily mention uh, Donner's and Tiberius's uh, and Caesar's brawl. No, we didn't. Okay, so let's talk about that. That, okay, so Caesar, all right, so Tiberius, he's obviously pissed off at Caesar because Caesar's getting all these accolades. He's getting these rewards and presentations and whatever. He winds up, we'll just mention real quick, he winds up raping uh, his father's lover. Corey. And last the episode. previous episode uh, threatens her this one that if she says anything. Which was terrible. Yeah, he's going to make sure that she regrets it. And th- we see him now taking out his next, you know, batch of anger on Caesar. And we see, now th- this reminds me of the previous seasons, like seasons one and and the pre- and the preseason, or prequel season. Prequel season? Season yeah. zero. So <laughs> it reminds me of the, the actions that everybody had, like lying to each other and like right. keeping things from one another. And we're back to that with Corey being raped, obviously, by Tiberius, which is like her son, pretty much. And then she's she's pressed in a hard position not to tell Crosses because she she loves him so much she doesn't want him to fail in his endeavors during the battles. Mm-hmm. But campaign. I don't think that's why she's not saying anything. I think she was going to say something until Tiberius interrupted and threatened her life. Yeah, I think now too. she's in fear of her life. And so the fact that he threatened to turn the tables on her and say that she pressed herself upon him and that she took advantage of him or that she came on to him, I think that that flip uh, for Tiberius saying that is what's keeping her silent. So during this whole uh, this whole battle that happens between Donner and Caesar, the, this event that's going on, these executions, they're called the Califakina. Califakina. Yes, and uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. If I'm saying it wrong, fans, followers, please tweet <laughs> at me. Let me know if I'm saying it wrong. Spell it like how it's pronounced if you're saying it wrong. Yeah. So Caesar, um, he he knows like after after Donner like throws off his shackles and nails him in the face with the chains, he knows right away. That Tiberius set him free. Right, exactly. Because he even points it out in a way, like in in their, you know, in their like riddle language. Well, he says something uh, honoring Caesar, but then says, and, and the boy. boy. Yeah. When you say boy, you're trying to belittle someone yes. that obviously wants so hard to be a man. And so we see Donner coming for him. We think that there's a chance that he might win, but at the end we know. He's already wounded. Yeah. And, he's not going to take Caesar yeah. out. And Caesar nailed him right in the rib area where you could see that there's a big bruise and like wound right there. And that made it so he was just fighting one-handed the whole time. Caesar cut his freaking stomach open, spilled his guts and his intestines coming out. But does not get the privilege of killing him. He doesn't. He takes his own life. Which was really cool and honorable of Donner to do that. And 
sad face we have to see another one of our cool rebel fighters go <laughs> one that's been on for several episodes right but it was nice to see that he was not actually dead originally now he is dead and we won't be seeing him any longer on the show anymore he went out like a good gladiator yeah he did like you know in a way and we have. saw caesar we saw caesar trying to twist it at the end and pay honor to uh, i mean we saw Crosses. Uh, crosses twisted at the end and pay honor to Caesar, even though he took his own life. Good correction on that. <laughs> you see, I'm practicing. Yeah, practicing that was my name. That was so interesting that, that everybody was silent. All the Romans were like, oh, like they did, it's it's like they didn't get to ejaculate after sex. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was a, it was a pre cum pre bust. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, oh, the guy totally killed himself instead of right. us killing him. But then they were able to rejoice when Caesar uh, when uh, Marcus Crassus gave him the honor that you know. He deserved or covered it up at least he for him. He spun it. They totally but spun Tiberius it. But Tiberius was so butthurt. He was. He was so bitter. He wanted for it to happen. He wanted for Donner to kill Caesar, obviously. That's right. why he set him free. And so uh, in the episode, we get to just see that, uh, that what, um, Gannicus, Gannicus and Sybil and Leita escape, winds up getting to the city. But uh, although, you know, we're excited for them and we're happy that they made it back, with the rest of the rebels, they're trapped. Everybody's trapped, and they're they're there in a harsh winter in the mountains. They are they they probably have very little food because all their food and storage was over was there, there in, in Sinuesa and Valley in the city. And and then the, you can see that there's still that division between everyone. Yeah, Crixus uh, is arguing with Spartacus openly, saying we should go back there and you know get sword in hand and finish what we started, something like that. <laughs> That's exactly how it sounds. Let's do some of our quotes really quick yes. uh, so we can give our predictions and then wrap up pretty soon. Yes. So I have several quotes. This was a quote juicy episode. Many have fallen this night. You shall not be among them. Ooh. That was what Gannicus said to Sybil. To Sybil. Yeah. See, and we said that we were going to mention this. This, the heat is turning up between Gannicus and Sybil. A little. He's been trying to stay away from her. I kind of feel a little bit of sexual tension coming on. When a man feels like he's been rescuing you or he feels like kind of the Superman and he's your hero, that's kind of hot and heavy. And I feel like at some point, this is an After Buzz prediction. We'll talk about it later. I think something's going to pop off between them. We thought that it was going to happen underground, but that might have been a little dangerous. He's going <laughs> to unsheath his sword. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Give her the old in-out. Um, the man you seek, Spartacus. And we had said earlier when Caesar uh, and uh, Marcus Crassus had seen Spartacus. In the but that was a huge moment, yeah, in the courtyard. Yeah. And so I just thought that that really stood out when he was presented almost to him. Now part mine from troubled thoughts and have it returned. That was Crassus speaking to Caesar about not being distracted. Let's continue on our strategy. That's a good one. How about uh, Gannicus and Sybil, the heat turning up underground? I often tended wounds. And Gannicus says, who tended yours? Oh. You know, and I just feel like this concern that he has for her is very nurturing. I just, once again, think something's going to pop off. Yeah. I was secreted among the rebels with beard upon cheek and lies among tongue. Upon tongue. Upon tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what Caesar was saying, telling Laeta that he was he looked like he was one of the rebels and he was just being like a spy in a way. Right. Because she was looking at him kind of like, oh, you deceived us. Yeah. But, but then yet she gets punished, which I have a problem with for the deception. Uh, in war, one does what one must to survive. And once again, that was Laeta telling Caesar that. And... Unfortunately, she received punishment, like yeah. I said, for it. And, she, you know, she ended up having to do what she needed to do in the end. Too. Oh, yeah. She's taking fools out now. Yeah. Oh, what if she gets trained to be a rebel? Nah. <laughs> I don't see. She's, she's more like a liaison, diplomat type. Yeah. She's like what Spartacus is kind of, you know, on, on like one side of him. He's like a diplomat and liaison kind of guy. Recent events set nerves to edge. And that was Corey saying that to Crassus because he startled her. Mm. Oh, when he came up from behind her. Yes. Yeah. Because she was like kind of half expecting to get raped again by, her, oh, by her stupid adopted son. I hope she winds up killing Tiberius later. If only Aaron's word fall from mouth, only suffering will follow. So, and that was uh, Tiberius saying that to uh, Corey, kind of threatening her that if she yes. speaks up, she's going to receive punishment. I begin to believe in your gods. Let us see how far it will take us. And that was Gannicus saying that to Sybil after her prayers and he killed all the Romans <laughs> that were looking for them. He's like, oh, well, I guess your prayers are working. <laughs> and I, was, I appreciated that, though. Hey, he gave acknowledgement to the prayers. Uh, the boy favors contention over cunt. 
Yes. And this was Caesar and Tiberius. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. I mean, their whole dialogue, that scene, was really, really good. Because Caesar has this just mockingness, arrogance to him. But it's kind of uh, attractive, in a way. Ah. <laughs> uh, the, the way he treats Tiberius. And, you know, it just eats Tiberius up alive. In place of horns and sharpened claw, a wounded heart. <laughs> so that was uh, Crassus when, when they were talking to Leita, and Leita was saying, oh, he's not, you know, he's not the kind of beast you think he is. Right. Cause, and she was painting Spartacus as this man whom, you know, he's been painted as a monster, but there's a softer side to him. But that also makes her look more guilty. Really, the man who I heard all these things about is helping you and he spared your life? That doesn't sound like the Spartacus that he has heard about. And it's that was an interesting scene, too, because it actually showed Crassus's he had a, uh, he has a lot of respect for Spartacus, even though he wants to kill him. Both sides of history, like he, when he was talking about that, is like, hey, one of us is going to win. And whoever wins, you know, history is going to write them as being the good guy, the victor. Right. Well, he's been training all his, his life, pretty much, you know, for the moment where he gets to, you know, duel up against Spartacus. Well, glory, to get to glory in a good fight. You, oh, I have one. A greed is what jealous men inflict upon the ambitious. Ooh, that was a good that one. That was Caesar with uh, Senator Metellus. Yes. You set bargain with this fucking shit. And that was Laeta saying to Crossus about her being traded over. Oh, that's right. I told you, I was like, you're you're better at cursing than I am. <laughs> Say that one. <laughs> oh, wait, the one that I previously said, that was Marcus Crassus, not uh, Caesar. I'm sorry. I had accidentally said that the greed is what jealous men inflict upon the ambitious mm. is Caesar. And I meant Marcus Crassus and Senator Metellus. So yes. just so that nobody at home gets upset with me. I had to correct that. <laughs> and the last one I have, return to more willing. F- oh, wait, you already said that one. <laughs> return to more willing flesh. The boy co- prefers contention over cunt. See, we both love that one. And my last one is from Navia. We should turn and retake uh, Sinuesa. And uh, this was just an example of me thinking that Navia is once again getting ahead of herself and speaking out of turn. I don't think that Navia knows what she's talking about. Uh, She's only been fighting for probably about a year or two in war and stuff. So I just feel like she should leave it up to the experts who have fought all their lives. Agreed. News and gossip time. Well, uh, our lovely fans have been very active out there, and they don't just tweet at us. They tweet at the actors, too. Love it. At Crowboy82, our you know awesome, friendly fan guy, he tweeted at Ellen Holman uh, on an article that she was featured in, and, rega- and it was regarding her dating a villain, which was actually really funny. Did you know that she is dating the guy who played the Egyptian from last season? What? She is. Isn't See? that funny? You can't help but to hook up with people on the show. I completely understand it. You know, <laughs> after you see them in these roles and they're fighting and they're killing and they're half naked, yeah. you can't help but want to take one home. And Ellen Holman actually tweeted back at him. So he said, at Ellen Holman, love the interview and you look great in those pics. Uh, happy face with a D. But shame on you for dating a villain. Uh, winky face. Ha ha ha. And then she tweeted back at him. Oh, at cool. Crowboy. Ha ha ha. <laughs> At least he responded, yeah. but she probably was tickled by his comment. Oh, I bet. And uh, a- actually, we also have um, we also have some interesting news next week. Ellen Holman, she's she's actually the CEO and founder of Visual Impact Now, which is this nonprofit organization that's dedicated to helping children. I guess I'm not sure if it's around the world, but uh, it might just be in LA. And she's helping uh, kids in school, like elementary, middle school, to get free vision care, corrective lenses contacts i guess and uh there's there's actually a flyer up if you go well if you type in like ellen holman you can go to her her facebook page you can go ahead and click on her event flyer from there it's uh, this real there's this really funny looking flyer and it's called it's do you see it kind of oh yeah it says war of the virtually impaired yeah spartacus war of the visually oh impaired. visually see i can't yeah. even see it visually i thought it's a virtually i might need those glasses too okay <laughs> it's a funny little caricature and it's going to be from uh march 18th to the 22nd so next week they're going to be doing this in la and this is saxa and this for is those of, for those of you guys yes. who might not know uh, her real name. So she's not just a fancy fighter and a sexy bod woman. A sexy German. <laughs> she is the CEO and founder of Visual.
visual impact now. And uh, I was watching the video on their um, on Fundly, which is like that fundraising site, right? And she said uh, back in 2011, they ended up helping 800 kids. They served 800 kids, and 91% of the kids needed corrective lenses. Oh wow, that's insane. So that's like 700 something kids that needed that needed lenses right. and they weren't getting they didn't the help. Even know. Imagine like there's a kid that's in class, he's like like an 8th grader or whatever, he can't see or she can't see the board and then they're getting poor grades but they just don't know that All they, they need, need is their eyes fixed. Yeah. yeah, they need to need something to help them visually. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. You can pay like $40 on their fundraising website and it helps a kid get free corrective lenses. So and you guys, tests. please do that. If you can possibly give, please give. Yeah. And lastly, our infamous Asher, aka Nick Terabay. <laughs> He, miss him. Oh, yeah. I miss that guy, too. He was so evil. He was, like, deliciously evil. <laughs> he just wrapped up with his former Sparty co- co-star, Katrina Law, who <gasps> played Mira. Oh. And Love they, Katrina. They were in a movie together, which they filmed, and it's not out yet, obviously, because I'm sure they still have to go through post-production, but they the movie is called Death Valley. Death Valley. Okay, you guys, we got to watch that. We got to watch that, and afterwards, we're going to talk about it. So, Sean and I will let you know what we think. Let us know what you guys think. Tweet at us. Definitely, you know, mention on iTunes. Once that movie drops, you got to let us know. And if you guys want to check out pics, you can, if you follow uh, at Katrina Law on Twitter, I think it's at Miss Katrina Law, and uh, at Nick E. Terabay on Twitter. You can find them and look at their pics, and there's some interesting pics behind the scenes stuff from them there. And it's just so cool to see both of them on another project together. Right. See, Sean always dishing that good gossip because I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Let's move into predictions. Let's do it. Okay, so you already know, I think, that... Gannicus is going to hook up or at least put the tip in with Sybil. <laughs> <laughs> Just the tip. Just the tip. Just I think tip. I think he's gonna try I think he's gonna start uh making a move on her. Maybe Sax is gonna catch him, you know, it's gonna be a cold uh winter night Ooh. and something's gonna get hot and heavy between him and Sybil. He can't resist anymore and Sax is gonna catch him, possibly kill Sybil. What if they get in a threesome? I think that that was an option before, but once that right is taken away from her, when it was in her control and he opted out of it, now it's going to be more hurtful and vindictive. And I think that Saxa is going to probably rip Sybil's heart out. It's going to be a cold, cold winter. It they, is. They need to share body heat. It is. I um, think that uh, Laid is also going to hook up with uh, Spartacus. Ooh, you, you know what? I think I agree with you on that one. There's, I think there's going to be more dissent among the rebels. Because we, you know, we clearly saw Crixus getting mad, and dude, they're out in a bad spot. They're between a rock and a very hard place. <laughs> they're trapped. <laughs> yeah, they're trapped out there. And uh, the next episode, Navia is either going to die or get captured, and she'll be Kali Vakinad. And lastly, Crossus will engage Spartacus. Probably next episode again, mm. or 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 the one after that. That would be great if we got to see them battle. Yes. But uh, I, I will be sad if I see Navia pass. But I'm kind of ready for it now. Before I, I wasn't, before I would have been devastated. Now, I, I think I'll be able to take it. I think the writers and Steven Estenite have demonized her character enough yeah. to where we don't really like her anymore. <laughs> they, they knew what they were doing. We're like off with their head. But yeah. uh, thank and, you guys for definitely um, tuning in with us and enjoying the show just as much as we do. Yes, we enjoy the show every week. And we're so glad to have you guys' comments and tweets and reviews. So again, join us next week. And we'll go ahead and talk about the next episode of Spartacus. But until then, you can follow me at Sean. Austin O on Twitter and you can follow me on Instagram as well at itshano and you can play with my Twitter or my Instagram at spicy underscore modi that's s-p-i-c-y underscore m-a-r-i thanks a lot guys we'll see you next week from bing.com executive producers Maria Menounos Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.